Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Candlestick Kids is brought to you by Bet Online. All eyes are back on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use the mobile app and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. On your first deposit, don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE to receive your bonus. For football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Probably the commish community coming on over for one of our joint episodes. I'm your host, Bobby Lomarco, and I'm joined today by Chris. And I've been waiting to say this for like a year. Benavides. I love the last name. What's going on, Chris? Bobby, what's up, bud? Yeah, happy to be on, my man. We uh, It's the first time together, you and I. So um, yeah. usually do, obviously been doing this with Skype for a while, but happy to uh, connect with you, my man. Yeah, no, it's real. I did one with Josh. I did one with Kelly. It was just a matter of time, Chris, that me and you were going to have to do one together. And this week, we've been all over yeah. the place. I mean, me and Sky's been doing my shows. I've been doing Sky's. We're mixing it up on everybody. Yeah. So it's going to be fun, man. Definitely. Um, be- yeah. Before we jump into what we, we got going on here, just give a reminder of where people can find you, the Kamish crew. Um, I know you guys are doing the playbook, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Just give people some quick rundown on what you guys are doing over there. Yeah, of course, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, of course, everyone can go check us out um, on all the notable platforms for the Kamish Fantasy Football Podcast. We run, you know, kind of our general redraft. Uh, podcast episodes. We also do uh, what's called the Commission Bets. Alex and Desmond run that episode. It's kind of a fun, lighthearted way. They kind of talk about pretty much all their picks that they lose every week. And then going into into Dynasty, uh, we have our whole Dynasty crew. Josh, uh, uh, Brian, and RJ are kind of the leaders of that. But this week, Eric actually jumped on with Brian. So for those of you who are familiar with the Commission, you kind of hear the names and you know who we're talking about. And then you're right, Bobby. So we have this thing called the Playbook. Um, it, it launches every Tuesday morning. And everyone can find it over at www.thecommissbrand.com forward slash the dash playbook. Sign yourself up. It drops to your email. And we basically recap all the things that people need to know from the previous week and then what they need to know going into the next week. So we talk a little bit about, again, some of the hot topics that, again, and, and Bob, I don't know about you, but we don't get all the channels. Like, I don't pay for NFL Red Zone yet. I just moved into a new house. So what we try to do is we try to recap all the things in case you're on the West Coast, you need to miss some of the East Coast games and vice versa, the most important things that come up, and then going into that next week, um, what you need to know for matchups, start sits, injuries, all that stuff. So it's a really good ad. It's free. You do not have to pay for it. It's not behind a paywall. And uh, again, we're, we're racking up the subscribers. So, you know, again, it's not like you're going to lose your spot, but of course, get on, get into it before the season ends. Love it. Yeah, that's great, man. So make sure you guys go and check out the playbook. Honestly, it's a must read. I am actually one of those people, though, that has everything. I got NFL oh, Sunday tickets. Yeah. So I'm out of my mind. I have every, I'm like, I can't get the I can't get the Bengals uh rounds game. I need to buy it. I gotta yeah. buy something. So <laughs> I'm nuts. Yeah. So that's how I am. But all right, Chris, before we get into all this, I just want to make sure everyone's following us on YouTube, on Instagram, myself, Sky, the fantasy focus guys. 
Make sure you're following us on YouTube. Like and review these videos. Really appreciate it, especially if you're on the audio side only. Come join us. See our beautiful face. Chris looks great. He's moving like crazy, but the guy still looks good. He's got a lot going on. So do I, but we're still doing it for you right here, live on YouTube as well. But if you also want to just listen to the audio, if you're going for a run and you don't have time to watch a video, make sure you subscribe to us on all your podcast apps, Spotify, etc. And also make sure you check out the Commission crew. I got them set up. I got the logo. I see the Commission guys. They're up there in my queue all the time too, so. First, Chris, before we get into the game previews, which is the main focus of this show, we got to do the service of talking about this Thursday night football game. I actually really liked it. It was a lot of fun. It was the Bucks, the Eagles, a lot of fantasy-relevant players, a lot of Ajita. Jalen Hurts, three-quarters of Jalen Hurts will give you an ulcer, and then it gets healed by the end of the game because he just does so well late in the fourth quarters. But it's fantastic. But this game preview is brought to you by our Sunday Live Start Sit Show. Make sure you're joining us every Sunday live from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. We do a three-hour live start sit show. Make sure you're joining us on the Fantasy Focus YouTube channel. All right, let's talk about this game. First of all, 28-22. The over-under in this game was 52.5. They just fell short of this. It looked like they were going to hit it, especially how the Bucks were rolling, but they fall short. Then the uh, the uh, minus seven was the spread, and the Eagles backdoored, of course. They must have heard that it was minus seven, so they went for two just to screw everybody over right there. So that was funny. But overall, listen, Brady looked like Brady, you know, 297-2. and two, Did kind of cool off in the second half, really didn't have to do much because Leonard Fournette was rolling on the ground, two touchdowns for Fournette. Of course, I just brought up Jalen Hurts. You know, 115 passing yards does not matter. Two rushing touchdowns, saves his fantasy day. Antonio Brown. Chris, let me ask you this. Is Antonio Brown the wide receiver one in Tampa? Nine receptions, 90-plus yards, and a touchdown. So I guess, Chris, what's your biggest takeaways from the Thursday night football game? Is A.B. back, baby? So I have a couple of thoughts on this. Um, Let's unpack it just briefly. I know we have a lot to get into today, but for Thursday night football – a uh, couple of takeaways here. Um, first off, Jalen Hurts is absolutely a garbage time hero. So if you're thinking about not starting him, start him. You know, if you're in a super flex, he's obviously starting for you. But even in a one QB league, start him. Uh, the overall game itself was very uh, – personally, I enjoyed the game. I was a little bit disappointed with how the Bucks ended up finishing. And I felt like they obviously didn't finish as well as they probably could have. So they kind of tapered out at the end of the game there. And it did feel like, for whatever reason, they just weren't clicking towards the end of the end of the game. But I will say this, dude. I kind of tw- I tweeted this out today, and I and I typed out specifically. And I really think, and I I try not to be too facetious when I type stuff out, but I actually believe in this. Every time you go and rank Chris Godwin in your weekly rankings, backspace and type in Antonio Brown because I know everyone's do. Everyone puts Chris Godwin above Mike Evans by default, yeah. and 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 Antonio Brown gets put down probably the twenties or thirties every week, just like we had him ranked at the beginning of the year. No longer. He has to be a top 15 look every single week that he's on the field. Just a fun little stat. He leads, and this is not really surprising, but I'll put it to you into this context. He has the most touchdowns since 2014. He leads Mike Evans, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Travis Kelsey, and Tyree Kill since 2014. He's missed 27 games, and he still leads all of those all of those wide receivers. So if there's ever a doubt in who Tom Brady goes to, like, yes, Evans is good, Yes, Chris Godwin is good. AB is on another level of being a wide receiver in the NFL, and Tom Brady understands that. Oh, yeah. And the other thing, too, is like when he's scrambling, he seems to be looking for AB every time. And it's, and listen, nine receptions on this game. Godwin and Evans were not really big time factors. But when Leonard Fournette, listen, Fournette had one touchdown in the first five games. It was bound to bounce back for him. He's getting too much work in the red zone. 
two rushing touchdowns that took away from Evans and Godwin and the other players. So I think there's better days, but bigger shakeout and fallout is the Zach Ertz trade going to the Arizona Cardinals. Big news for Dallas Goddard owners, big news for people that scooped up Zach Ertz this week, just to play. Hey, I'll just play him for a week. I got him in three leagues this (laughs) week just because I was like, Oh, I'll just use him for a week. I got Ricky Sills Jones ready to go like a super amp for that long-term play. But what's your feel like? What's the biggest fallout from the Zach Ertz trade? Do you think it's a bigger impact on the guys like Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk, AJ Green? Or are you looking leaning more towards Dallas Goddard, uh, Devonta Smith, and that Eagles passing game? Which one do you think is the biggest shakeup? I think it's hard to tell, man. I got to be honest. I was so we watched Zach Ertz catch a touchdown pass yesterday. And as I was watching the game, I was kind of thinking, like, like, I'm surprised he's still on the team. Like, I was shocked he was still on the Eagles. And for a long time, I just thought it was going to end up. Uh, it, the way it, it ended up, right? So um, with him not being on the Eagles. So it, from the Eagles' perspective, like I think this is probably in the works for a while. You can obviously, once I think Goddard's on the COVID list right now, is that he's out? Yeah, that's where he being. was, yeah. So it'll be plug and play for them as soon as, you know, once obviously they make that transition. For Arizona, dude, I don't know. I don't have a good read on why. I didn't think they needed a tight end just because they have so many weapons um, and they're pretty deep in wide receiver. They have a pretty balanced running attack. So I guess ultimately Zach Ertz is more of a depth play in in having some of those read options over the middle and maybe to help take some of that pressure off of their running backs. Um, Again, from the passing game over the middle, uh, Josh actually did a great stat. The tight ends are actually the ones that hurt running backs the most and vice versa as opposed to other wide receivers in the passing game. So... Um, so, so yeah, dude, it, it'll be interesting to see how they play him, uh, and, and how they work him into the scheme over there in Arizona, but it obviously helps Kyler Murray. Oh yeah. Well, the other thing too is Max Williams had his moments. I mean, he had some nice game, nice games against the Vikings and he did pop up here and there. I think it's interesting more for that Rondell Moore versus Christian Kirk situation because last week they actually split routes and it looked yeah. like Moore actually got more routes than Kirk. And now they're splitting that slot role because A.J. Green is cemented as the two, whether we like it or not. He's playing on the outside. He's playing clearly (laughs) more routes than those guys. I was actually thinking there'd be four wide sets as their base offense because of the loss of Mac Williams. But now I don't think that's the case. I think this week, of course, Rondell Moore, great start. I think that will be the case this week specifically. But I think Zach Ertz is plugged right into where Max Williams was playing. And I think that's how things shake out moving forward. On the other side, listen, Dallas Goddard, I got a question the other uh, today, actually. Kyle Pittrick, Dallas Goddard, rest of the season. And I had actually, actually had to pause for a moment because I'm like, I have to look at the rest of the season schedule because yeah. Goddard is now going to get and monopolize all that tight end work because whether we liked it or not, they were still running a lot of three receiver sets with Quez Watkins, and it was almost like a split between Goddard and Ertz. Mm. Neither of them were getting elite routes in the no. offense. Now he's going to get the elite routes. Yeah. and. You got to start thinking of uh, Goddard as a top five potential tight end rest of season because of this shakeup. Yeah, All agreed. Right. All right, let's listen. That was our Thursday night preview brought to you by our Sunday Live Start Sit Show. Make sure you're joining us here on the Fantasy Focus YouTube channel for our Sunday Live Show, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. All right, before we jump into the game reviews, Chris, I, I, you know we got a we got a person jumping on from Twitch, and I would love to even try to uh, King Guta, King Guta. You know, with Saquon out, he's looking for a fill-in starter. And we're actually going to break these guys down today, Chris, because I got a couple questions about all the – we have a lot of backup running backs playing this week. But here's a good one. If you were sharp on the waiver wire and you got every single basic Cadillac backup, you got Chuba Hubbard, you got Daryl Williams, you got Herbert uh, for the Bears, which one are you leaning towards this week as a potential flex or RB2 in your lineups? 
I'm probably leaning towards uh, Chuba Hubbard. I like Chuba Hubbard ultimately as just a uh, pure running back. I think there's more schemes built in for Chuba, just obviously taking in that CMC role. He's looked pretty good overall. I know that um, Herbert actually, I think he had like 18. He like finished the game out with like 18 carries or something. Like he ended up with like a lot of the workload last week. But ultimately that offense was and is still built around CMC. So Hubbard will likely see a lot of work for the Panthers. And um, that's the guy that I'm leaning towards in terms of volume. Okay. And what, you know, while I got you here, Chris, I might as well ask you, uh, Alex Collins looks to be the long-term starter now with Chris, uh, Chris Carson going on IR. Uh, we also have the Booker replacing, of course, Saquon Barkley. So of the guys, Herbert Collins, Booker, Hubbard and Williams, which one is it? Is it Hubbard? Is, it, is he the guy this week? And which one of these guys long-term do you feel most confident? Yeah. A lot of this is dependent on the injury, right? So if, if, CMC continues to be out and has that tweak and, and it doesn't ever fully heal, then you have a possibility of looking at Chuba, uh, Chuba Hubbard for, you know, maybe four or five weeks. I, every week I feel like it's, you know, CMC is close to coming back and then he doesn't practice at all the whole week. I know. So right. it's like, well, what do you do about that? Right. Yeah. You just got to keep playing Hubbard in my opinion. Um, dude, Herbert could be good. And then of course you got Booker, right? The whole Booker thing. I mean, Saquon had a low ankle sprain, which is a great news for, for, for Barkley owners. Okay, but again, he was expected what one to two weeks. I'm thinking closer to three. That thing looked huge. His his injury looked massive. So I don't know. I mean, you tell me. Like, does it seem like a plausible thing that he's out for longer than that? I think so. Yeah, I hear you. All right, listen. Let's just let's get into why we're here. The Thursday, the actual game previews of this week. We want to make sure we're talking about this. These game previews are brought to you by one of our new sponsors. It's Cara Factor. Care Factor is skincare for hair. We'll talk a little bit about more, more about Care Factor later, but let's dive into these games. And the first one I got on my list to talk about is the Packers versus the Bears. The Packers minus four and a half. The over-under in this game is actually low at 44, which is kind of surprising. The Packers are four and one. The Bears are three and two. I mean, like, what are we doing? Good for them. Touche. The Packers this season are obviously, they've been more susceptible to the ground game than through the air based on some of their metrics, but Jair Alexander's banged up. Um, we're not sure. He's on going on IR. You know, Kevin Kingsman in and out of the lineup, so it might be something there for uh, for at least Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney. The Bears, same thing. A little bit easier to beat on the ground overall, so we could see a bounce back big time for Aaron Jones. Uh, no David Montgomery, of course, we talked about, and Damian Williams is also out. So heading into this game, what are your biggest thoughts on the fantasy-relevant players? Which guys are you really watching for in the Bears-Packers game? Yeah, so I've been a proponent to sit all Bears starters until further notice for the rest of the season, um, and I'm going to stick with that. So, uh, and just for context, we live at, we we play in a short bench in my home league, and Eric, who's one of our you know co-hosts on on the Commission Pod, for those of you who listen, he actually dropped Allen Robinson this week. So that puts into context like we are in a very competitive league with a short bench. We can't roster Allen Robinson. That's how bad he is. So I'm also going to suggest that you sit Darnell Mooney. I love Darnell Mooney. He's one of my favorite players to ever, you know, to watch. I think he actually has a better connection with Justin Fields than uh, Allen Robinson does. But in general, the Bears have a league low 113.2 passing yards per game. And there's very little upside in general, especially when they're playing the Packers. The Packers are playing pretty well on defense this, this year. So um, I just don't expect much out of any of the wide receivers. Uh, if you are going to start anybody, I actually 
would suggest starting the rookie. And it's partly for two reasons. One, because everyone's being decimated with running back injuries this week. Uh, we have Chubb that's out. We have a bunch of other players. CMC's out. Barkley's out. So you probably have an opening in your lineup where you could probably use a running back. So I actually think Herbert would be a good start for the week. He he actually did end up finishing off the game uh, with 18 carries in their week five win last week. Uh, but in general, the Packers are pretty solid on defense. They've allowed um, just 11, 11th fewest points in um, PPR fantasy points to wide receivers overall. So running back might be the play here. And then obviously you got to fire up your usuals for the Packers. So um, I feel pretty good about starting all Packers uh, on Sunday. Okay, great. Let's jump down to the Dolphins versus the Jaguars. Uh, this one's going to be an interesting game. Uh, this is the London game, so this is the early morning game. And those London games always seem weird. They just don't – they ever never fit a mold. Uh, they always go awry, and they don't – everything you think is going to happen, these guys are basically playing at 9 a.m. or 6 a.m., depending on which, which part of the country they're in. But let's talk quickly about – sorry, I got a voicemail playing. I don't know why. Anyway, Dolphins versus Jags. Dolphins are one and four. The Jaguars are zero and five. So this is like a bottom dweller team. Two teams. Someone's got to get a win this week. Two is, of course, coming back in this game. A couple other notable injuries. We'll dive into a second. Dolphins minus three. Over under is forty seven for this game. The Dolphins allow the most points to running backs this season, which could be great news. This could be a um, you know big time James Robinson game overall. Good news for guys on the Jag side. Xavier Howard, their top cornerback for the Dolphins, is out. Marvin Jones, who disappointed everybody against the Titans, could be someone like a post-type sleep, sleeper in a matter of two weeks because I don't think anybody wants to start Marvin Jones with no uh, Howard. And also Byron Jones banged up a little bit. Could be something there. And also Devontae Parker, another big injury. Could open things up for guys like Jaziki and also Jalen Waddle after, after they disappointed last week. But with Tua coming back, what's your thoughts on some of these injuries? Uh, do you like the London games? Why don't you just give us some general feedback how you're feeling about these London games so far this season? Yeah, so I don't mind the London games. Uh, I mean, honestly, we haven't seen great matchups, but and this is not going to be a good matchup, but that's okay. You know, I don't mind them. I like the uh, I like the overall exposure, the NFL in uh, in in England. So that's fine. Um, and just a note as well. Look, <clears throat> these we're talking about professional NFL teams here, right? These these players have been on a we'll call it a, a sleep schedule that is conducive of game time for that Sunday. Um, if any of you listen to the Whoop podcast, you know, the little Whoop wristbands, um, they go into a whole thing about the psychology of sleep, and these professionals know what they're doing as far as getting on track and on schedule. So in terms of like whether or not you want to start players because they're playing in London, look, both teams have to get there, and there's going to be points being scored and fantasy points will be put up. So don't worry about that. Regarding players, uh, I'm absolutely sorry, Mike Jasicki. This guy is on fire right now, and I don't think it's going to slow down anytime soon. So he has 25 targets over the past three games, and he's hauled in 19 of them for 186 yards and a touchdown. He's ranking right now in that time span as tight end four. Right now, tight ends are an absolute wasteland. I'm reading things like sit Travis Kelsey this week. So that's how bad like the lock fire. <laughs> like, I, dude, I didn't write it. Disagree with it. But I'm reading it, and I'm like, what the hell am I reading right now? So it just shows you that, like, right now, tight ends are, are a wasteland. So Jasicki, in my opinion, is going to be a top five. I would start him with confidence. And then after that, dude, your guess is as good as mine. I, I see here in the comments, like, with Tua coming back, like, do you start Gaskin? Dude, I was the one who wrote in the playbook last week, sit Gaskin, for obvious reasons. They're playing the Bucks, and he goes off with 10 receptions and blows up. It's the first time in the playbook that we've actually had controversial statements Sit and start Gaskin. So I don't know where to I don't know where to fall on Gaskin. Uh, Bobby, if you want to throw some insight on Gaskin, he seems to be the running back that most people feel a little bit weary of. And I don't have a great answer at the moment. Your guess is as good as mine. 
And before we get back to Gaskin, the other starts and sits, I mean, you fire up James Robinson. I actually feel okay starting Waddle with the fact that Parker is out, um, but I don't expect a great game overall from the wide receivers from Miami. Uh, so we'll, I'll kind of leave it at that. Yeah, I think with the Gaskin situation is the fact that like two weeks ago, Brown was leading all the carries, getting all the yep. routes, and it just seems weird. So I listen, you got to roll with Gaskin in a good matchup. I think Parker being out, just allows more opportunities for guys behind Waddle. Waddle's still a rookie. I mean, he's still a rookie. He's not, maybe he's not ready to be, he, isn't he like 5'8, like 185? He's not ready to be a 10 target guy necessarily. So behind Jaziki and Waddle, you got no Parker, you got no Fuller. Why not Gaskin getting work? So I think I'm fine with starting Miles Gaskin in this game. All right, let's jump down to the Bengals versus Lions. I actually like these games, I like the AFC versus <laughs> NFC. You know, because it's not like the division games where they can get ugly sometimes. These are always kind of fun. So, Bengals 3-2, and two, Lions 0-5, oh Bengals minus 3.5, 47.5 over under. The Joe, the Joe Mixon's back, baby. It sounds like he's going to be starting in full swing. And then a little feather in the cap is Shamaj P. Ryan is actually out with COVID. So, maybe that means that Joe Mixon is now – they have to give him the full workload because P. Ryan is out. The Lions, RBs, have led the third most points to running backs this season. So it's just starting to feel like maybe this is a Joe Mixon blow-up week. Good matchup against the Lions. The Bengals will be down. One of their starting offensive linemen in Jackson Carmen. They've also been dealing with injuries to other guards on the team. So, you know, it's been a disaster for them overall on the offensive line. But Burrow, Chase seems to be like a must-start every week. But let's get your thoughts about Higgins and Boyd. And then the Lions pass catching core Hawkinson, man, went cold over the last few weeks. Defenses are keying on Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. Is there any worries for you on Hawkinson? I'm going to be asking like seven questions in a row. So good luck trying to remember all these. Yeah. But also, uh, Quintus Cephas goes out. So now, Amon Ross St. Brown is someone who I actually started scooping up a little bit in PPR formats because yep. he's got back-to-back weeks of eight targets. So what's your thoughts about this Lions-Bengals game? Any interest in these fantasy players? Yeah, we'll start with the Lions first. This should be a get-right game for TJ Hawkinson, assuming he's healthy. Now, he's been questionable for a couple of weeks, and he did practice, I believe it was yesterday, but he's gotten the cue on his name. If you have him, I have him. So I've been watching all of his updates in real time, and it's really nervous because you like it's really difficult to assess a knee injury. Um, you, you know, he could start, or he could end up like, you know, Nick Chubb, and you get the out on Friday, and you're, you're fucked, basically. So... He is starting this week. If he is healthy and he's trending in the right direction, this should be a good game for him to get back on track. The other guy that I'm looking for in the Lions uh, matchups is Khalif Raymond. So you might think, well, who is he? That's a good question because he didn't show up. He pretty much retired last week, and then he came back this week. Uh, He had zero points. Um, But before that, he was averaging 16.2 points over the past two games prior to that. So with Tyrell Williams and... Quintess Steve is both being out. I do expect Cleef Raymond actually to pick up some of that slack for the Lions. All right. The Bungles. So I have notably been an anti-mixing guy, but this would be the week for him to blow up for his routine 40-point game that he has at least twice a year. So this would be the game that he does that. Uh, Higgins is kind of the question mark. I actually think you can start Boyd with a little bit of confidence here. It's Higgins to me that I'm a little bit nervous about. He seems like he's the number three on this team now. Uh, and for reasons I can't actually understand, he looks like he's okay. He's not playing hurt, I don't believe. Um, but right now, I mean, week five, he finished with 32 yards on five receptions. He had seven targets, but he's just not getting that yardage. It's Jamar Chase that's being the long ball. Tyler Boyd's inside the slot, catching all those routes. So Tiggins is kind of like the third man out there, and, and 
they're just not scheming around him at all. So um, in a game where I think it's going to be dominated by Joe Mixon, I am a little bit nervous. I'd probably sit T. Higgins. Yeah, and I think the other thing, too, is that the Cincinnati Bengals are not throwing the ball like we thought they would. I mean, outside of Jameis Winston, you know, Burrow has the least amount of dropbacks for five-game starter this season. So we all thought that the Bengals were going to be close to leading the NFL in dropbacks, but instead it's been the opposite, which is causing Mm -hmm. problems. That's why it's only Chase so far being a consistent fantasy factor when all three are on the field. Um, So I think that's something we have to keep watching. I'm hoping it regresses back to some form of a mean at some point because then Boyd, because this is such a concentrated target offense. It's Boyd, Higgins, and Chase. That's it. I mean, Uzama had that one pop-up game, but really for the most part, it's been those three guys, which I like. For fantasy. And I apologize, Chris. This is why I don't host this show, and, and I haven't <laughs> been doing this, but I need your picks. Uh, let's do Bears-Packers. Oh, yeah. All right, let's go back up to the top here. So I'm going to take the Packers over Packers. the Bears. All right. I, I'm gonna, yeah, go ahead. Go I will take – I'm actually going to – I'm going to take the Jaguars to get their first win here. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I am going to take – I'll take – man. Uh, I'll take the Bungles. Yeah. I don't want to, but I, I like will. your I like the Jags pick, uh, but I'm gonna go Packers, Miami. I like chalk. I like a big chalk guy. I don't like to mess things around. I honestly I think after I my Jameis, my Geno Smith fiasco on Monday night football for like five, six years ago against the Falcons, I had a survivor pool and I was like, This is a lock. My <laughs> uh, Falcons are at home, and then Geno comes out and has his career game for like four touchdowns. Yeah. I have never gone back to the pool to this <laughs> ever again. So <laughs> Gino haunts my dreams. Now he's starting for the Seahawks. I'm just scared. I wake up in cold sweats every night. All right. So anyway, <laughs> jumping down to the Texans and Colts. In this division is ugly. I mean, outside of the Titans, Texans one and four. Colts one and four. The ironic thing is the Colts are an ugly one and four, and the Texans. I feel like they're one and four. They're doing good. They're like getting the participation yeah, trophy. Yeah. We're all excited for them. Colts minus ten. This is my point. Both are one and four. The Colts have a minus ten spread in this game. 43 and a half point over under. We're still dealing with James uh, Davis Mills and stuff like that. But the Texans, I thought this was notable. Texans allow the most points to the tight end position this so far this season. That could be something for the, the Gigantor Mo Alley Cox. And mm. then the Colts on the other side, allowing the third most points to quarterbacks. So maybe Davis Mills can build on that game. He had a very nice game against the Patriots. But overall, when you're looking at this game, Brandon Cooks, a couple slow weeks, but bad matchups. Now this week, the Colts, much easier against receivers than he's faced over the last couple of weeks is Cooks a bounce back. And then outside of Cooks, any Texans players you're worried about? And on the Colts side, I think JT is probably everyone's start of the week. The guy has a great matchup. Is Carson Wentz someone that you're willing to put in your top 12 this week at quarterback? And which receiver, uh, you know, Pittman, any of those guys are you starting this week on the Colts side? Yeah, so a little bit to unpack here. It's not a great game to watch. Um, but I think both, I think one team is playing actually better than their record and the other team is not. And I actually think the Texans are playing better than their record, believe it or not. So, and I'm saying this, having watched them play against the Patriots, obviously being a Pats fan, I watched that entire game and the Pats are, the Pats are not particularly good against the run. And if you watch that game, the Texans specifically poked holes at the run and they exposed the Patriots on defense is why they took that early lead. And if it wasn't for Mac Jones, the Pats probably would have lost that game. All right. So I say that because I think they're being coached properly. Actually, I think they're actually playing good football. They just don't really have the talent to put it together for a full four quarters, which is why their record is one and four. They're also obviously playing with a rookie quarterback, which has a lot to do with that. 
Um, and they kind of have a bit of a washed up running back course. So, so unfortunately, they just don't have the talent to put it all together. That being said, I don't think the Colts are playing very well. And they're actually play, probably playing like under their record in a sense. I know they're one and four. It kind of speaks for itself. But, um, the, you know, they're not that good on – they're actually not that good on defense. Right now, PFF has them ranked as the 22, you know, air quotes, best rated, graded defense in the league. It's not very good for a team that we thought was going to be like a top 10 defense going into the season. So, they're actually very much underperforming. I don't like that in minus 10 spread there. The only players that I'm like considering starting here is Carson Wentz if you're in a super flex. Um, I'm actually sitting Carson Wentz for Kirk Cousins, which we'll talk about against uh, in the Vikings game in a super flex league. So, Carson Wentz is the odd man out there for me. Uh, and then I guess, you know, Pittman is probably the other surefire just based on volume and um, overall, of course, JT. So, and then on the Texan side, I mean, Cooks probably, but other than that, I'm not really touching anybody. I'm not really feeling good about the Texans, although I do like them as a team and, and you know, I'll probably take the Colts to win this one though. Yeah, I think the, so I'm going to, I got you in for the Colts, but I also think Tim Kelly, I talked about this, the offensive coordinator, he was the holdover from the Bill O'Brien regime. And he actually, listen, Deshaun Watson was playing out of his mind last year. That was because of Tim Kelly. He's a legit OC. And oh, yeah. I think he's really putting on a good resume this year because we're the Texans offense has been serviceable. So I'm going to put Colts here for you. I'm actually going to go Colts as well in this matchup. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We're excited to announce our relationship with our new sponsor, Carafactor. And we'll be right back. Hey, TCK Potters and Fantasy Focus community. Are you looking for options for hair loss? There are many options out there for treating it. However, most products treat the cause, such as DHT, and don't do much to support the growth of new and stronger hair. It's like removing harmful weeds from your lawn, but not doing much to fertilize the grass. That's why the Fantasy Focus and TCK team has partnered with Carafactor. Carafactor saw this problem and focused their research on finding just the right combination of biosynthetic growth factors and an innovative delivery system to promote fuller, stronger-looking hair. So whether you're a listener who suffers from various forms of alopecia or even stress-related hair loss, the Care Factor treatment is the perfect scalp-friendly solution that can help and influence stronger and healthy hair throughout all stages of the hair life cycle. And now, exclusively for TCK listeners, use the promo code TCK at checkout to get 15% off all products at shop.mycarefactor.com. That's shop.mykerafactor.com. Carefactor, skincare for hair. All right, folks. Yeah, that was our new sponsor, Carefactor. And listen, for all you, uh, my, my uh, the uh, Jalen Hurts fantasy owners, when you lose your hair three quarters in, now you got something you can go use and put in for the fourth quarter to get that full, rich hair. All right, back to the game previews, Chris. Rams and Giants. This is complete opposite teams. Rams, of course, are four and one. The Giants are one and four. Uh, Rams minus nine and a half in this game, 48 and a half over under. Listen, it really comes down to the Giants' injuries. Daniel Jones is banged up. We also have him. He's he's coming back, though. The good news is it sounds like he'll play. Kenny Galladay is banged up. Saquon Barkley is out. Shepard looks to be back in. Darius Slayton out. So a lot of moving parts. Kadarius Tony looks to be the truth. He's given us, us Giants fans, as you can see over the shoulder, uh, flashbacks from the Odell rookie year where I'm just like, oh, my God, this kid's so good. He's so much better than we thought. Um, so I think that's exciting stuff. So I'm looking to get your thoughts on Kadarius, Tony, Sterling Shepard, how you feel about this. Going to get to Rams team. Listen, Cooper Cup, after a red-hot start, has looked normal. 
Granted, he's seven <laughs> for ninety-five normal. Which yeah. is fine, you know, don't get me wrong; he's still elite. But at the same time, Robert Woods had his breakout game. Do you feel that he's going to continue down this path against the Giants? Is there any like Dal Henderson is probably one of my favorite fantasy players this year when he's healthy. He's a legit workhorse. He looks awesome. He's got a great matchup against the Giants. Matthew Stafford, MVP candidate. He looks a little off over the last couple of weeks, so especially trying to target Cooper Cup, some overthrows. But overall, this Rams offense, that's why they're 4-1. and one. Um, What's your thoughts about the Giants and the moving parts there? And overall, are you starting all the Rams and all your studs in this game? Yeah, yeah. So so just briefly on the Rams, like, yeah, you, you have to start all, all, all your studs there. The guy I'm probably going to sit is Tony Michelle. Um, he, he just, I, in general, like he started 11 carries, um, in a touchdown against Seattle, but he's just playing in 34% of offensive snaps in general. So from a volume standpoint, Henderson's going to be the play here. Yeah. Canarius Tony's going to be the star here for, for, uh, for your fantasy team in, in New York. I mean, you have Saquon out, Galladay out. I think Shepard's coming back. He is back. Um, yep. Yeah, he's, he's quite, he was questionable. He's still technically questionable, but I think you have to start Kadarius Tony. I think you have to start Sterling Shepard. I think he was like wide receiver 20 or something when he was playing, and he's consistently been that for the Giants. Daniel Jones looks to him a lot. Um, assuming Daniel Jones is going to play, I'd probably start him in Superflex, I had to be honest with you. I actually see a, I actually see a game where they're gonna, he's going to use his legs a lot. Uh, he's going to run the ball more than you expect, and I, I probably would expect like a rushing touchdown or, or maybe even two. Uh, without a Saquon Barkley in that lineup. So um, he's going to have to find ways to make plays, and I actually think he uses legs in this one. Okay. Yeah, I actually, I'm as a Giants fan, I'm always cautiously optimistic, but I think the, the Rams are going to roll. But as a yeah. reminder, this is a West Coast team traveling to the East Coast for a 1 o'clock game. We've seen a lot of disappointments. I know Chris just gave us a great breakdown on on sleeping and how that works. It's it like, does. How it's, yeah. So I do that's think that's something that is worth noting. All right, Chiefs, 2-3. and three. Who would have thought the Chiefs would be two and three heading into week six? Washington football team also two and three, which is just, I think most people probably thought this would be a marquee match between two teams that are four yeah. and one, five yep. and one, whatever. But instead, it's not. Chiefs minus six and a half. Now, talk about an over under 55 points in this game. Yep. Um, the Chiefs, second most points allowed to quarterbacks, fourth most points allowed to tight ends. The Washington football team side have allowed the most points to quarterbacks and receivers this season. So, not what we thought this would be at all. But, I mean, the Chiefs defense actually started making strides with my boy Steve Spagnolo. And then last year, of course, the Washington football team was, like, becoming the best defense in football. That is not the case. So I think Patrick Mahomes' blow-up game, question mark, are you getting him in your DFS lineups this week? Is it that good against Washington? I know Tyreek Hill's been up and down. Travis Kelsey, you brought up as someone to potentially – or as people are saying to potentially sit, but I think that's not going to happen. Yeah. And then on the other side, Taylor Heineke, is he streamer? I know you talk a lot about Superflex. Are you starting him with confidence in that format? Antonio Gibson, two touchdowns last week, 20 carries. I mean, he only had 60 yards rushing, but it didn't matter when you find the end zone. Um, in this game, does it set up get better for J.D. McKissick because of his playing catch-up a little bit there? Terry McLaurin, hamstring injury. What does that mean? CEH is out. Darrell Williams is in as the starter. Um, Samuel and Sims, another lot of receiving depth is out. Is that good news for guys like Ricky Sills-Jones? What if McLaurin's out? I mean, are, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about Ricky Seals-Jones' breakout game? Tell us, Chris, <laughs> what's your thoughts about this game for the Chiefs and the Washington football team? Yeah, it, I mean, obviously there's a lot of scenarios that are still yet to be explored here. Um, and we only have, you know, 48 hours until uh, game time. But I simply wrote here, fire up everyone in this matchup that plays. So I actually think, I actually believe in this over-under. I think it's going to actually go over 55 points. 
um, simply because both defenses are not playing very well. The Chiefs defense is atrocious. They're so bad. Uh, and I think you kind of jumped out a little bit of those stats. Heineke might play fair enough in, in a super flex league. I probably wouldn't start him in a one QB league. Um, definitely fire up McLaurin. No problem. I still think you got to play JD McKissick. I'm still, I'm reading some of these stats that like, don't, you know, don't start him. Be cautious with him. I actually think this is a game where you're going to want to fire him up. Um, I expect the chiefs to be playing down and that's where JD McKissick shines. So, uh, yeah. So, so again, just fire up everybody. Don't sit. I mean, do play Travis Kelsey. Don't sit Travis Kelsey. It's stupid. Uh, (laughs) but I mean, yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, I read the article, there's some chinks in the armor and in general, it does seem like the Chiefs have been playing on tilt. And for what it's worth, you know, Sky and I talked a little bit about this. They haven't they haven't looked like the same team since last year when they played and almost lost to the Browns. Outside of that, they only had one good game, and that was against the Buffalo Bills in the AFC Championship. So, you know, not too surprised. Yeah, I mean, listen, for what it's worth, though, I mean, listen, uh, Miko Harmon stepped up last week. He had actually an okay game, a uh, lot of targets, decent amount of production, but... I just think that from my perspective, Andy Reid, once they get that by, he's going to figure things out. He always does. They'll get some, they'll get it right. They'll start figuring out what's going on there. But let's jump down to the Vikings. You talked a little bit about Kirk Cousins earlier. The Vikings two and three versus the Panthers that are three and two. Vikings minus two and a half in this game, which is interesting because of the records. 46 and a half over under for this matchup. The Panthers running back has, they have allowed the fewest points to running backs. And the fourth fewest points to receivers. So really good defense this season. Might have been a little to do with who they played so far, but I'll get your thoughts on that in a second. CMC's out. Looks like Chuba Hubbard is going to be the guy in this game. Uh, DJ Moore, slow game last week. Does he bounce back this week against the Minnesota Vikings? I know Justin Jefferson's a lock. Are you worried about Adam Thielen? Seems like he's not. His uh, yards per route runs dipped over the last few years. We've also seen Dalvin Cook looks like he's going to play this week. He sounds like he's a full participant on Friday. Looks like we're riding back with Dalvin Cook, so obviously he's in. But what about these receivers? I know Justin Jefferson and DJ Moore in. Um, any any tight ends like Tyler Conklin? What's your thoughts? Is Chuba Hubbard a must start this week in your opinion? Yeah, so I think you got to start Chuba Hubbard again. I think if you have Chuba Hubbard, there's a good shot you picked him up because uh, CMC went out. He's obviously uh, useful, and you're going to use him. And, and with the notable injuries that we've talked about, you know, for this week for running backs. Chuba Hubbard is certainly going to be utilized, uh, especially in deeper leagues. Um, all right, so let's start with the Vikings. I think you got to start Kirk Cousins, even though he's had a slow couple of games, right? So he's he's been throwing. So he, I think he has like 478 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions across the last two games, which is not great. Um, and you kind of see this with Kirk Cousins, right? Like every year he either starts super slow and then picks it up. And, you know, and he has these blips where he just doesn't have that groove with the team. And I think that that's actually the reason why you're seeing a little bit of slowness out of Adam Thielen. Justin Jefferson is matchup proof. He's quarterback proof, apparently. So you got to fire Justin Jefferson up. Don't worry about him. Adam Thielen, I think, will be okay in the long run. Um, It's hard to say how he's going to perform against the Panthers. Now, I will say this about the Panthers defense. Going into week three against the Dallas Cowboys, they were ranked as the number one defense, according to PFF, in terms of grade. They are now ranked 14th. Okay, so in fantasy, I don't know exactly what that means for, you know, who they play against, you know, for this week. But I will say that I do think to your point earlier that it has a lot to do with their opponents as opposed to them actually playing good football. So all in all, I think that the Vikings actually play and come out, um, even though they're playing, I think they're playing in Carolina. And I think is Dalvin Cook out? Is he? Is He's he so in. He is definitely in. Okay. He's in. So with a Dalvin Cook and even with Madison, right? 
Uh, we've seen Madison take some of that workload. I think the Vikings actually come out firing on offense, and uh, the Panthers will actually have a tricky time in this one. All right, quick one. Chuba Hubbard or Miles Gaskin? I'll take Chuba. Chuba Hubbard or Dow Henderson? I'll take Henderson. And what about Chuba Hubbard or Chase Edmonds? I will take uh, – that's a good question. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, one I'm, that one I'm on the fence on. All right, the, the Cardinals are playing the Browns. I'll take Chuba. All right. All right, good. That was good. All right, so the Chargers 4-1 and one, taking on the Ravens 4-1. and one. This should be a fun game. Two Dynamo teams. Ravens minus 2.5. Over under 51.5. The Chargers defense was looking amazing in the secondary, and then Baker Mayfield throwing to David Njoku. Apparently, it's their kryptonite. So, I don't know what happened there, but David, he actually produced very well against this secondary. That was a high-scoring game. Chargers allowed the fewest points to wide receivers this season, but on the flip side, they give up the third most points to tight ends, which is very interesting. That could be good news for a guy like Mark Andrews versus Marquise Brown. The Ravens have allowed the fifth most points to running backs, the second most points to tight ends. So this usually daunting Ravens defense has sprung some leaks and has been a little bit vulnerable. But really, Marquise Brown playing as a wide receiver one for fantasy purposes this year, out of his mind, are you a little concerned about the matchup for the Chargers side? Is Mark Andrews finally finding his groove? Is he a locked-in top four or five tight end this week? Are you playing him maybe in DFS? I don't know. And then on the Chargers side, it looks like Mike Williams is the one. Are you buying that? Is this a Keenan Allen week for you? Austin Eckler, to my opinion, is an auto start. Justin Herbert, I think you're rolling with him no matter what. The Ravens matchup is not daunting at all. Same with Lamar Jackson. I think those guys are And I think the real question comes down to, are you worried about Marquise Brown in this matchup? Are you buying Mike Williams as the new one in this offense? Yeah, so let's start with the Chargers. Uh, I feel pretty good about all Chargers in this game. To your point, the Ravens actually, I mean, there are some leaks in, in let's call it the metaphorical dam here. Um, There's still, there's still a, there's still a notable defense, but again, I, I like to look at the PFF grades on just play. I want to know how they're playing. I think PFF is a good resource right now. The Ravens defense is ranked overall 22nd in the NFL in graded defense. Not very good. Um, And so, I actually think the Chargers will continue to fire on all cylinders. To me, they made their statement game, obviously, against the Browns. And that was obviously a very good defense. And they just went toe-to-toe with them every step of the way. Uh, Unlike, for example, what I thought the Panthers were going to do, the Panthers' defense against the Cowboys, I thought they were going to put up a better fight, and they just didn't. So to me, one team is is clear. It's clear the Chargers are are a real, full, well-rounded team. And, for example, the Panthers are just not. They're not there yet. Um, and so for that, I actually do feel really good about the Chargers. Start all of them. It is Mike Williams season. It's Mike Williams season. Now he had, he had that lull a couple of weeks ago, but it, it is Mike Williams season. And I think you have to start both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams with these. No problem on the Ravens side. Yeah, dude, I think you start, obviously you have to start Mark Andrews here again, wasteland of tight ends. And you have that upside. We've seen what it looks like as of last week. Um, the only guy that I'm considering sitting here is Sammy Watkins. Um, the Ravens passing attack, you know, in general took obviously a major step forward. You've seen career highs from Lamar Jackson, but Sammy Watkins didn't really help at all. So he only played in just seven, uh, 27% of offensive snaps. He had a, a, the, excuse me, he had the hamstring injury, um, you know, just ended up with 35 uh, yards on three receptions. He's had this injury for a while. And he's been injury prone in general. Marquise Brown is the truth over there. Um, even with his, whatever, what is it? Three, three drop touchdown passes in that one week. He's yep. still wide receiver six in the season right now. So it could just be one of those years where a guy puts it together. Like we've seen, for example, Adam Thielen has done it in the past and, and other guys. I think Mike Williams and Marquise Brown are two guys we're going to watch in this one game who are going to put it together for the long term 
in 2021. Yeah, Sammy Watkins, good news. He's out this week. Uh, he's already out. Game, he's yes, already you out. Don't worry about it. Yes, Rashad, there you mate, go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, Listen, he's, he, we, he, we told you to sit him because he's out. So it's yeah, there you Rashad, go. <laughs> even, Rashad, if, even if he wasn't, even if he wasn't yeah. technically out, I'd still say sit him. So sit him next week too. I love it. Perfect. All right, Rashad Bateman is coming back this week though. Any thoughts about Bateman? Hmm. Uh, are you excited about picking him up? Are you starting him right away? You're going to see how things go first. Yeah, no. So I'm a big, uh, I love Bateman. I, I think he's going to be a great talent. That team um, can certainly use him. It looks like Lamar Jackson's progressing as a passer, which we're obviously getting a, a firsthand glance at. Marquise Brown being a recipient of that. And so is Mark Andrews. Rashad Bateman will be a recipient of that. It's going to take some time for him to get into the swing of what that offensive flow looks like. Game time speed. As a rookie going in, he has not seen NFL work yet. So it'll be interesting to see him actually getting into the NFL, playing some of those snaps. Um, if you have him on your team, continue to stash him, but I'm not going to fire him up just yet. Yep. All right. Let's jump down to the Cardinals 5-0. and oh. How about the Cardinals? Like Cliff Kingsbury, huh? <laughs> Showing out people's like, can't win in t- with the Texas Tech. But God, can he win in the NFL 5-0? and oh. Browns 3-2. and two. Browns minus 3.5. Over under 49. Interesting. It's not as high as I thought it would be, but we'll see. Uh, basically, the Browns, much easier to beat through the air. Listen, they're banged up too. You got Denzel Wards that's banged up right now. Greedy Williams was dealing with injuries last week. One of their defensive um, safeties is out now, MJ Stewart. So a lot of injuries going on in that secondary. Of course, the biggest news of this matchup is Nick Chubb is out. Kareem Hunt, probably an auto start. We all could say that. You can get our thoughts there. You know, Max Williams going down. Zach Ertz is not eligible yet. So really comes down to is how do you feel about guys like Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk, AJ Green, you know, behind DeAndre Hopkins this week because Max Williams is out. And on the other side, for the Browns, is Odell startable? Can you even can you play this guy at this point? It just seems like he has uh, – Baker has better chemistry with Donovan Peoples-Jones, which I don't blame him because I like that Donovan Peoples-Jones is relevant so I can say his name, so that's good <laughs> stuff. And also, you know, it's just interesting that those guys and then the rookie too has better chemistry than Odell and him, plus David Njoku has a big game, but he was still a part-time player. So lots of unpack here. But which match, which which guy are you picking? Is Cream Hunt auto start this week? What are your thoughts about the ancillary wide receivers for the Cardinals? Yeah, so whenever every team that plays the Browns, I'm always very hesitant to start them. Um, and it does seem like teams that have firepower can hold their own in fantasy terms. So we saw that last week with the Chargers. So I would say fire up your notables for the Cardinals. Guys like AJ Green. <sighs> It's tricky to say, right? Uh, we we were, you know, we were contemplating, for example, with with the roster we were trying to help someone with. Is do you start Javante Williams or do you start AJ Green? Like those those are the kinds of starts and sits that you're thinking about when it comes to these players. We ultimately are rolling with Williams, with Gordon being questionable. Um, but AJ Green wouldn't be a terrible play this week, just given how many weapons the Cardinals have in that he's he's starting to get locked in here. Um, you know, he's starting to look, look a little bit like, like AJ green of the, uh, of, of years past. So the only guy that I'm, I'm probably going to sit here is James Connor this week. The, the Browns uh, again, they're, they're a stud defense. Um, and I think if anybody's going to play well, it'll be Edmonds. Um, so I'm not, I'm not necessarily loving the James Connor play this week. The only other guy that I'm gonna, probably going to sit, um, outside of OBJ. So I agree with you. I think you sit OBJ for the Browns is David Njoku. I know he had a great game last game. But I think he falls back down to earth. I don't expect Baker Mayfield to have that kind of passing attack like he had. Um, and so, uh, yes. So I just, I, again, I just feel like it's not an Njoku kind of game. If you can afford to sit him, I would. Uh, and then the other thing is, uh, of course, Kareem Hunt. Yeah, he's locked in, assuming he plays, right? Right now, I think he's trending that way with Nick Chubb being out. So I think Kareem Hunt's the play. 
Yeah, and I sorry, I have a note here. The the Cardinals are dead. They have allowed the least amount of fantasy points to the tight end position. So to bring up your Njoku point, there you, there you go. go. I had it in here for some reason, and I forgot <laughs> to put the position. And I'm like, uh, I had to look it up. So thank you. You yeah. proved my point. Awesome. Let's move on. Raiders three and two. Broncos three and two. Uh, Raiders a lot of turmoil there, but they're still winning football games to an extent. Broncos minus three and a half over under forty four. Raiders. Third fewest points to the wide receiver position. That could be bad news for Sutton and Tim Patrick. On the other side, Broncos, second fewest points allowed to the QB and running back position. Josh Jacobs, in my opinion, one of the bigger sits and fades of the week. Tight end, fourth fewest points for the Broncos. Broncos defense is absolutely legit. So the Wister Cubs, are you confident starting Cortland Sutton? We just saw what this Raiders defense did to guys like uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams just two weeks ago. So you're fading those Broncos receivers. Noah Fant, any thoughts there? What's the deal with these running backs? Are you a Gordon? Well, I guess the real question, are you a Gordon guy or a Javante Williams guy? I think most people are Javante Williams. And then the Raiders, do you think they can bounce back and play well this week, even with all the issues going on with Gruden? Yeah, so this is going to be an interesting game, uh, just in general with the whole Gruden stuff, right? So outside of fantasy, it'll be interesting to see how the team rallies. Um, from a player standpoint, let's start with the Denver Broncos. And I want to touch base again on, um, PFF grades for defenses. So, um, so, okay. The, the Las Vegas Raiders, <clears throat> you'd be uh, remiss and surprised to find out that the Raiders are actually ranked currently the PFF graded second overall in the NFL, just behind the Buffalo bills. And unlike the Panthers, they've actually played some decent teams. And so that leads me to believe that actually, you know, this could be a tricky game for, for the Broncos. The Broncos, on their hand, are three and two. They've caught, they've had their two losses have come against decent teams. Their wins have come against terrible teams. So I just don't think the Broncos actually have what it takes. I think the Raiders actually take this one pretty pretty easily. Uh, the only guy that I'd probably fire up um, is Devontae Williams and Noah Fant. Sit Cortland Sutton. I, I don't think he's going to be the play this week. Probably sitting Teddy Bridgewater as well, in my opinion. Um, the only other guy that I'd probably sit uh, for the Raiders is probably Henry Ruggs. So, uh, yes, so Rugg, Ruggs, for, again, he, he's hit or miss. I'm still hoping he figures it out because I want that pick to look good. I want I want them to not feel bad that they passed up on CeeDee Lamb and and uh, uh, I forget who else they passed up. But CeeDee Lamb was a notable guy that they passed up on in that draft. Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy, that's right, exactly. Oh, playing the Broncos, who's out, right, exactly. So, in general, yeah, Henry Ruggs has to be a sit this week. Um, but I do feel that the Raiders probably take this one pretty easily. Um, even though the Broncos are favored here. All right. Cowboys four and one Patriots two and three, you know, Cowboys minus three and a half. I'm very interested. It's actually closer according to Vegas than we thought it would be 50 and 50.5 over under in this game. Listen, you know, Patriots are enigma. Apparently if your first name's Chris, you're a dominant receiver against them. Chris Moore, Chris Connolly go off. There is no Chris. CD lamb is close. Maybe he starts with a C. Maybe that's the loophole we're looking for. But overall, Patriots t- tight end, the fewest points allowed to that position. Is it the end of the Dalton Schultz hype train? Is this the week that he goes back down to earth? Are you confident in the in the passing game? Are you are you convinced that Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper can get it done against a Patriots defense that has had its lapses? But it seems like they play up to their opponents sometimes on defense too, so that could be something notable. On the flip side, Patriots, if the Cowboys get the ball rolling and get to put up points, are you buying Mac Jones? Are you into Jacoby Myers and Kendrick Bourne and 
Do you have a newfound uh, admiring of Hunter Henry? Do you think this is the real <laughs> deal? Is Janu just an expensive backup at this point? And, of course, Damian Williams, he's questionable with the rib injury. If he's in, are you starting him? If he's out, are you interested in Stevenson? Of course, Zeke's a lock, but what's your thoughts on the Cowboys and Patriots? Yeah, so I think you gotta I think you gotta fire up all the run game on the Cowboys. I just talked a little bit about the Pats kind of weak on defense against the run. So fire up Tony Pollard too if you have to. Um, excuse me. I know I am. Uh I have a couple of injuries in a league where my running back position is very thin. And so I'm starting up Tony Pollard uh, as a result of playing the Pats. Um, so lucky timing there. Um, yeah, you have to you think you have to fire up CeeDee Lamb. Um, I, I'm a little bit nervous about Amari Cooper. They just have so many weapons, and Bill Belichick is typically good at taking away the most dominant weapons. It's tough to say, though, who the most dominant weapon is on the Cowboys. So when they take away one person, it usually leads another person open. It could be Dalton Schultz, man. I, I mean, he's been playing pretty well in general over the past you know, four to five games. So I think you have a, I think you have to start Dalton Schultz. I'm not a big Amari Cooper fan, man. I don't know about you, but like he's not been my favorite. I'd probably sit him of all the players on the Cowboys. Um, so again, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about Amari Cooper in just a second. For the Patriots, I'm actually starting Mac Jones over Daniel Jones in, in another league. I'm kind of hedging my Daniel Jones bets here. I'm starting him in one league, sitting him in another, playing Mac Jones um, instead of that, instead of instead of uh, Daniel Jones. Hunter Henry, dude, I think you have to play him, right? So he's notching three consecutive weeks with at least five targets uh, and four catches. Um, he's also found the end zone in the past two weeks. He currently ranks within the last two weeks as tight end five overall. So in, in, in sort of this small stretch, it, it seems like Mac Jones is finding his underneath routes. He's also the red zone target. I think you have to start Hunter Henry. And then Jacoby Myers is averaging 9.2 targets. So for a volume play, if you're looking for a flex spot in a low, kind of a deeper league, go Jacoby Myers. Yeah, when it comes to Cooper and CD, I mean, listen, the, the facts and the, the proof is in the pudding, right? Cooper's been the better fantasy player this year. I think the biggest change for CeeDee Lamb is that he's with Gallup's injury, he's playing solely on the outside. And he, like 90%, 85 to 90% of his routes are out wide now. Last year, he was probably close to 80% slot. And that's really changed his role. And and Amari Cooper is actually the guy that kind of hybrids in and out, plays a little bit in the slot. He actually paced the team in slot routes last week. You know, I know Wilson's in there, but they're not using Wilson that much. So I think that's interesting, in my opinion, that CeeDee Lamb is playing a new role. And the thing is this, to keep in mind for CeeDee Lamb owners, when Gallup comes back, he's going to go back to the slot. That could be huge for his fantasy value moving forward. Dallas Cowboys have one of the weaker, uh, the better slot matchups rest of season. I just posted an article about that recently. So check that out on football.riseball.com. Selfless plug. And we're moving on. Seahawks, two and three. Steelers, two and three. Two, both good football teams, but both are losing right now this season in 2021. Steelers minus five and a half, 42.5 over under. That's ugly. Uh, Seahawks, second most points allowed to the running back position. A guy that I was never high on this offseason that's making me eat my crow is Najee Harris because he leads all running backs in targets. Why? I don't know. Because he had a 19-target game, I guess. But that's, I think I think you're firing up Najee, of course. The Steeler. Steelers, fourth fewest points. Now no Chris Carson. Is Alex Collins even on your radar this week to start? Then, you, of course, you got Geno Smith, now his first start as a Seahawk. Last week, he locked into DK Metcalf. Him and Metcalf had a nice little chemistry going. Lockett had one catch on four targets for seven yards. I just have a gut feeling that DK might be Geno's guy, but I could be wrong. But are you a confident in Ty Lockett? And then on the other side, listen, no Juju Smith-Schuster. A notable thing last week, uh, Chase Claypool saw his slap routes jump 
from 15% to 40% in the slot. If Claypool with James Washington comes back, finds himself playing more of a hybrid in and out role, that could really help with his catch percentage, getting more high, uh, high value, I mean, not high value targets, but more catchable targets help his PPR value. So I thought that was notable. But what are your thoughts? Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris, are you interested in big bet in this game? Is Chase, cool an option, Chase Claypool an option? What's your thoughts about the Steelers and the Seahawks? Yeah, so the Steelers are, uh, uh, for an offensive standpoint, are obviously notably, you know, looking pretty solid. But I will say this: I mean, I think we've been kind of um, dogging a little bit on on the Seahawks defense for quite some time. And again, I'm going to go back to PFF here briefly. Um, they haven't looked particularly good in the first, I think, three to four games. It's a good, it's a good, you know, time frame to look at for the Seahawks. But in general, PFF has them graded at 20th overall. Um, on the year. So I think they're starting to make strides in the right direction. And I think they're going to play fairly well against the Steelers here. Probably not going to start Big Ben, but I actually think you have to start the wide receivers on the Steelers. I'm starting Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool together in one of my leagues. Um, and so I actually feel pretty confident about that moving forward. Uh, and then, yeah, you have to start Najee Harris. It's like, this is an obvious, like you don't have to think about that. That's a, that's a slam dunk. So um, in terms of the Steelers, yeah, I think you fire up the notables and maybe again, if you're in a flex position um, or, or super flex, Feel free, you know, start up Big Ben, but if you have other options, I'd, I'd, I'd look elsewhere. Um, okay, Seahawks. Gino, dude, he looked awesome. I know. He looked yeah. awesome, and he played the Rams. Like, he looked he looked like he had the Rams on tilt. He was absolutely in control of that game. And it's what was great to see is, like, you know, like, again, you see players come into games when they're not supposed to, and they look off. They just don't look like they're ready. Gino looked like he was ready to play that game. And he yeah. and it's awesome to see because we haven't seen him play football in for you know in quite some time. Um, to the point I forgot he was the backup quarterback on, on the Seahawks. Know, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is great. You go Gino Smith there. Last time I saw him, he was getting knocked out on the Jets. So um, so in general, I actually think this is gonna be a good game, and we're gonna be very surprised with how well Gino plays. It's not gonna be a trade Russell Wilson type stuff that we used to. By the way, we heard that. Let me bring it back here real quickly. In 2008, when Tom Brady went out, we were hearing on talk radio that Matt Castle was going to be the future for the Patriots. Okay. Mm. That's not going to happen. We're not saying that that's Geno Smith. He's not going to replace Russell Wilson, but I think he could be a nice little start uh, play in a super flex league. Um, and I think, yeah, you're right. I think DK is his guy. I mean, at least it looked like it was. Yeah. I th- listen, I'll tell you this about Geno. Who was he playing with, with the jets? The jets offense was Horrific. Those were like, he was in the Rex Ryan years where they didn't <laughs> yeah. believe in throwing the football. Like I think one game he threw one pass. It was insane. So, so bad. he's got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. This is a different game for him. I think he's going to be fine. Bills four and one Titans on Monday night football, two, three and two, not a bad matchup. Titans are clearly the best team in that division. Bills minus five and a half, five and a half over under 54. So some fireworks in this game, potentially the bills defense though. Fewest points allowed to quarterbacks. Third fewest to running backs. Second fewest to wide receivers. On the Titans side, could it be more opposite? Third most points to wide receivers. But they've been good against tight ends. Sorry, Dawson Knox. You might be knocked down a peg this week. Third fewest points overall. Some notable takeaways from last week. Cole Beasley fell behind Zach Moss and also Dawson Knox in routes. He's now down to fifth in routes on that team. That is not good for his PPR value. Good news for Dawson Knox, though. He actually ran more routes than Stephon Diggs. Huge question mark. I don't know what's going on there. What's your thoughts on Diggs? Do you think he's going to be a bounce back? I personally think he's going to bounce back against the Titans. But we'll see. On the Titans side, A.J. Brown and Week Healthier. Julio's coming back. Tannehill has his weapons now. Maybe Tannehill with Julio, with A.J. Brown, with Henry. Looking like Henry. Is Does, does the Titans have even a shot against the Bills in this matchup and that defense? 
Yeah, so I think I, the, the Bills are rolling here, right? I, I don't think there's going to be a team. They, they look very well-rounded. Again, I think the Chiefs are not – the Chiefs right now are a shell of themselves. So I think that will that win was more of a statement for the Bills. From a fantasy perspective, I think you got to fire up all Bills. Um, in a super flex and deeper leagues, I think you have to fire up Cole Beasley in this particular game. Uh, and I would also consider Singletary. I know Singletary has been you know hit or miss for a lot of people this year. Uh, but for me, Singletary seems to be a nice start against Titans. Dude, A.J. Brown. Let's talk about him just briefly, dude. I talked to my brother. He's got him on a team. I actually have zero shares of A.J. Brown this year, so I'm really, really upset with. Yeah. Um, and I shouldn't say that. I have one share of A.J. Brown. And by necessity, it's a two, it's like a three-flex league. I have to start him, okay, just because, again, injuries. My brother has him in a short bench league in our home league, and he is not starting him this week. So I, I'm just going to say that I think if you're an AJ Brown owner and you're reading the news that he's on a snap share, uh, excuse me, a timeshare or a snap count is right. Snap counts the right word. Snap count um, till at least week ten. It came out today till at least week ten. Um, that's not good for volume. So flip side of that, if you own Julio Jones, that's your play. It seems very obvious to me. Derrick Henry is the play. Julio Jones has to be the play in that sense. For what it's worth. Julio Jones hasn't looked great, but in week two, he at least had uh, a good week with 128 receiving yards. Um, in general, though, it'll likely be Tredavious White on Brown when he does play. So for me, Julio Jones would be the start this week. Interesting thing about that is Julio's the older player, also has a hamstring injury, but they're going to give A.J. Brown a snap count, not Julio. I just think that's weird, but that's just the kind of in-depth knowledge we're looking for here. Chris, because of the fact that I forgot to do this, we're going to run through these really quick. <laughs> I need the, I need your game picks for yep. these games. So first off, let's talk about. Sorry, just give me one second. Colts. We pick both pick the Colts. All right. What about the Giants versus the Rams? I'll take the Rams here. Rams there. Panthers versus the Vikings. I will take the Vikings. Wow. Okay. Rams Vikings. All right. Next up, Chargers Ravens. I will take the Ravens here. Ravens Browns Cardinals. I think I'm going to take the Browns. I think they're going to hand the Cardinals their first loss. I like it. Raiders, Broncos. I'll take the Raiders. Nice. Cowboys, Patriots. Mm. Hurts me to say, but I think the Cowboys win this one. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Seahawks, Steelers. <sighs> I'll take the Steelers. Steelers. And then Titans, Bills. I'll take the Bills here. Bills. All right, Chris, listen, we have a bunch of questions here, but we got another podcast to record because we're double dipping today. We're having a lot of we fun. Are. So listen, guys, we appreciate you jumping on. We apologize we didn't get to your questions, but the good news is we'll be back on in five seconds doing another episode for the TCK Listener Leagues. Me and Chris are going to dive really quickly through those rosters, see who should start, sit, any changes there. Once again, I'm Bobby LaMarco, joined by Chris. Thank you very much for the commission. Chris, tell the people quickly where they can find you. Yeah, of course, everyone. Go check us out over at the Commish FFP on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also check out our podcast, the Commish Podcast, on all notable platforms. Um, we have you know a bunch of different types of content: redraft, dynasty, bets. So everything you want there. Uh, the Commish Fantasy Football Podcast, all notable podcast platforms, and go check out our playbook. It's uh, you can find it at the Commish. Excuse me www.thecommishbrand.com forward slash the dash playbook. It is a uh, newsletter. It drops every Tuesday. Thanks, Chris. And this is the Fantasy Football, the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on the Fantasy Focus Network. Shout out to our friends over at the Fantasy Football Network that also stream our shows as well. 
All our podcasts are part of the Believe Podcast Network and brought to you by Bet Online AG. Shout out to all our sponsors, Jersey Jungle, uh, Bubba Hot Sauce, and our newest one, Cara Factor. So thanks, guys, for joining us again. This is the Week 6 Game Previews. Good luck in your fantasy matchups, and join us in about five minutes to talk TCK Listener Leagues. We are at it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.